Hey, in today's episode of the Pittsburgh City Paper Podcast, we're celebrating 1,000 issues by our arts editor, Bill O'Driscoll. Welcome, Bill. Woo-hoo. Thanks. Energy's high. That was a celebration. <laughs> <laughs> also joined by Charlie Deitch. How you doing, Charlie? I'm doing well. Uh, this is not my 1,000th issue, so I'm not tired like Bill is, I'm sure. Okay. How did you uh, get that number? How did you figure it out? You just... Well, I'm kind of like a numbers geek, and okay. so like things like that occur to me. Um, you know, so I, I think originally a few months ago, I thought, you know, I might be coming up on a thousand issues because it's 19 years or so I've been here. We have a little more than 50 issues a year. So I did the math and then a week or two ago, I went and looked at the old calendars and figured out exactly how many issues we had each year. So, yeah. Okay. And you said a little bit ago that today's issue is actually the first time you've appeared, your face has appeared in Pittsburgh City Paper. Is that accurate? It is, yeah. Okay. But you were also on the cover, Kissing Your Wife, I believe? Yes, I was. We, there was a group photo about eight, nine years ago, maybe. It was a best of issue, December of 2007, I think, where the uh, category was best place to have sex in public. And mm. so uh, Lisa Cunningham, our art director, set up a shot, which was going to be a bunch of couples kissing in front of the big fountain in Oakland, the one with Neptune or yeah. Poseidon or something there. So it was me and a bunch of other people, and so my, my ass appears on the cover, okay. actually, but Clothed. not my face. Clothed, yes. Yeah, okay. yes. Right. Was that fountain elected, or was that fountain picked as the best place to have sex in public? You know, I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember. The, 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 there is nudity in, this, in, the, uh, sculpt, yeah. in the fountain itself, right, right. so I think that might have been, yeah. been an inspiration, yeah. So when you first started working here, what was the paper like? It was uh, it was uh, it was improving then. It had a lot of way to go. I think um, uh, it was only the paper was only about six years old at the time. Not even six years old. Um, its visual aesthetic was not very good <laughs> at the time. Uh, there were some good writers working here, some good writers and editors, but it had a ways to go in terms of presentation. It was the original ownership group too. Uh, the, the folks who had founded the paper were still running it, hmm. and. Uh, there was there was a much blurrier line between advertising and editorial than we would later develop, yeah, too. So, hey, Bill, um, you talked about the downsizing, obviously, in print. Uh, one thing that's obviously noticeably changed is we no longer have that main that large main feature in the middle. Is that something that that you miss uh, on a? I feel like I feel like I do, except when I think if it was my week to to, to do one, I'm like, oh Christ, I gotta get this finished. But do you do you miss uh, do you miss the large features? That's exactly it. When, when we were doing them every week, and again for for folks out there in Podland, this was like three thousand, four thousand yeah. words or more oh, right. long features that we would do every week, and we we did one almost every week. And so we were the staff was on this rotation. You had to do one about every two months. Yeah. And um, it was a lot of work. I mean, we, people spent weeks and even months on those things. Um, I had some projects that stretched out over years. You know, yeah. you're not doing them full time, but and it was a lot of stress. You mm. know, to come up with this thing and to craft a good narrative and all this other stuff. And you're like, yeah, just like you say, oh my god, I got to do one of these things again. But looking back now and looking at those things, and geez, I'm I'm really proud of a lot of yeah, the stuff we did. And and I think not doing those, you you something's lost. I think. I think something is lost. Yeah, I feel like I feel like the long. I mean, we've had to, uh, certainly we haven't been able. I mean, we have longer news stories now, but now at two thousand words, probably the longest news story we can do. Right. That's pales in comparison. I once did a six thousand word feature on Iron City Beer. I'm sure Bill has some <laughs> some high counts in his in his past too. Um, but uh, the long sort of personality features of people 
And the one always that sticks out in my mind, a lot of people's mind, is the piece that Bill did on um, on Bill Dorsey, hmm. uh, sort of a local a lo- local legend. And uh, that was a that piece was up there in word count, but it was also it was just a really great piece that we could devote four or five thousand words or whatever it was to just this guy who everybody knows but nobody really knows his story and bill was able to do that and that's that's what i miss most about them is sort of the long personality pieces yeah yeah me too you know profiling folks in the local community and people that are doing interesting things and yeah it's harder to do that now yeah bill are there any other ones on the long form that you remember writing that you're especially proud of yeah, I'm kind of proud of one I did in, I think it was 2008, maybe 2009. It was the first kind of long-form story locally, I think, to address fracking. Oh, wow. Because um, I remember like trying to write the story. We got this uh, this guy who was a land property owner, I want to say in Washington County, who had contacted us with these complaints that he had allowed drilling on his property, and now his water was messed up and mm-hmm. all these other things. And I remember, like, calling people about this, and, like, everybody's like, what's fracking? Like, I don't know what it is. People did not know what it was then, you know. Only, uh, you know, eight people in Washington County knew, you know, and that was it. Um, And I wrote this. It was a cover story. Mm -hmm. Uh, We called it There Will Be Crud, which I think was uh, (laughs) after the the movie um, play on that. And, uh, you know, I think it turned out pretty well. Obviously, it's, you know, it's kind of outdated now because (laughs) – you know, it's a lot's happened since then. Yeah. But I was pretty proud that I did that and, and that we were able to run it in the paper and kind of address that issue ahead of the curve. Do you remember your first article for City Paper? I was hired in 97 as, a, as, a, uh, as the staff movie reviewer, which was a very strange thing to have at a weekly paper. I think we still, we still have a staff film reviewer, Al mm-hmm. Hoff, who's great. Um, but I, I don't know that of any other dailies who do or maybe even ever did. Um, no, I don't think so. So, but it was a weird, a little anomaly City Paper had, and so my very first piece for City Paper was a review of the uh, the, the thriller The Saint, which was a remake of the old TV show starring Val, Val, Kilmer. Val Kilmer. Yeah, yeah. I think thriller is a little bit of. I think you're using some editorial judgment on calling, <laughs> it, calling it an actual thriller. Well, it was an action film. <laughs> yes, action film. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Are there any, uh, I guess, flubs? Mistakes that you've made, embarrassing things, interviewing somebody that, that stick out that maybe now it's possible to laugh at that probably wasn't that funny when it happened. Um, flubs interviewing people. I can't remember that so much. I remember like every time I spelled somebody's name wrong in print, and there's mm. been a handful <laughs> of them, and you're just – after you realize it, you're just totally mortified. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so I remember those. I, I it, It's embarrassing even to, to talk about them now because it's a completely <laughs> unnecessary error and, and – uh, um, but so those are the things that stick out for me more. I mean, yeah, you're, sometimes you ask a dumb question or you fumble over it, and then you're you're, you're but but you kind of have to get over that quickly. It's sort of the yeah. shake it off thing. It's like it's like being a goalie and giving up a crappy goal. Right. Like yeah. you just have to shake it off yeah. and move on to the next thing. Well, we used to we used to sit next to each other before uh, I was moved to the other side, and I would listen to you doing phone interviews. And one thing that I I listen that I heard you say is you would often end an interview with saying is anything anything else to add which maybe like journalism 101 I'm not really sure but I mean I just really like that question I started adding it to every interview that I do how long have you been asking that I actually stole that from uh our former editor Chris Potter okay. be- because I overheard him doing it the same yeah. <laughs> the same way and I thought it was a great thing it's, it's what it's it seems like very polite it's yeah. like uh you're given the the interview subject a chance yeah. like in just in case you missed something really obvious in your questioning and it also sometimes you do get good stuff that way, um, you know, b- because they do think of some some other way to put something that they already said. 
uh, you know, a lot of times it's just boilerplate. It's like I hope people come out to the show. <laughs> and I really want to say thank you to my yeah, mother. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. But but it is a, it is a nice thing to do, and it and it, it also s- sounds like you're really and and is like you're really being open to yeah. you know um, being humble about the interview process. Yeah. Right. Charlie, you want to talk a little bit about uh, some of the work that Bill's done over the years and things that have stuck out for you? I mean, Bill's done a lot of great work here, but and honestly, that's not what sticks out for me. What sticks out for me, first of all, I want to say that even after uh, talent migrated here, in Pittsburgh still had a lot of great talent. I don't want to mention any names, but there were some great talent still over there. <laughs> Just kidding. But that's where actually I first noted, like, as competitive competitors at that time, I mean, I knew everybody here, and I mean, I knew everybody everybody's work here. I didn't necessarily yeah. know everybody personally, but um, I knew everybody's work. And um, one of the first stories that I did at in Pittsburgh, one of the first, like one of my first half dozen cover stories, I got a call from this woman who said, um, you know, I don't know if you know this, uh, but there's this, uh, there's this sport called cage fighting and it's not legal in most States. And uh, you know, in, but there are some Pittsburghers here who take it really seriously and they train and da, 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 da. And I sounded interesting to me, and uh, I was pitched this story, and I thought, wow, this could be a good story. I could have it, and nobody, you know, nobody else would be kind of a neat thing to break. I would meet the woman for coffee or lunch or something, and that woman was Renee Rosensteel, who happened to be Bill's wife. Still happens to be Bill's wife, <laughs> as far as Bill knows right now, right? At she hasn't moment, left yes. today. She hasn't uh, left this yeah. morning. Um, <laughs> so, I do, she, you know, I, I meet Renee. Renee introduces me around. I go to this um, – of course, now everybody knows it as MMA. It's not – you know, it's right. legal everywhere. We, I drove to Wheeling, West Virginia to <laughs> cover these fights, and, you know, I did a great story. And, and this is sort of like, again, not everything was online, although I think bef- sometime before I came here, I wrote, this st- I wrote this story called The Fine Art of Ass Kicking. That was my cage fighting story. And then I, sometime before That's I got solid. here, I realized Marty Levine, who was a former City Paper news editor, was my news editor over in Pittsburgh at the time. Uh, Marty said, well, you know, Bill O'Driscoll did a similar story to this. And I'm like, well, and I didn't know that I didn't know that that was Bill's wife, by the way. And then I find out it's (laughs) Bill's wife and I find out, you know, I see Bill's story. I see Bill's cover. And um, I, of course, would say that my story was far superior to Bill's uh, at the time, even though maybe I didn't believe it. But one thing I was always jealous of was the headline to my story was The Fine Art of Ass Kicking. The headline to Bill's story was I Know Why the Cage Man Swings. It's the greatest fucking headline <laughs> I've ever seen on this paper. It's a great fucking headline. Yeah. Bill's just been a great – Bill's a great – has a great sense of history here. Bill is a great – he's a great writer. He's a great editor. I mean, that's something, too. You have to have people who are really good, really great editors. I mean, Bill's the arts editor, but, you know, I have, I have all the confidence in the world. Oh, yeah. Bill could edit a news story. Bill could edit any story we have here. So it's – He's just his presence here is just it's it's invaluable. It really is. Charlie, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> I know, Bill. Let's let's even it back up. Bill, go kiss my ass. <laughs> okay. I was going to say something else. Got Bill, it. something else. Bill, do you remember the uh, why the cage man swings? Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was that was one of those long yeah. features that we yeah. used to do here. Spent mon- months working on it. You know, following around this one fighter uh, in town here. He went to a to a fight in Indiana because you had to go, you had to leave the state to do it in those days. And just like talking to all the people, um, you know, talking about why it was illegal talking. Yeah. To, I remember that my favorite quote from that story, I think was actually this one guy from, I want to say he was from Kentucky or Indiana or something. He was a guy with the athletic commission there who wasn't opposed, who was not opposed to cage fighting is like, if two guys want to get in a dog kennel and beat the crap out of each other, who am I to stand in their way? Yeah, see, I didn't have a quote that good. That was a great quote. I didn't have a quote that great. But it was a great scene. I mean, that's one of the things I really enjoyed about those longer stories especially was 
getting into these little subcultures that people don't pay attention yeah. to. Like right. most of the, I've written a few sports stories for City Paper, but they've all been about these weird little subcultures like uh, motorcycle racing. Parkour, you did too. Right? Parkour, um, <laughs> you know, and it's it's great because one, like the people like really want the attention because yeah. like at the time, like nobody knew what MMA was, and they're like, yeah, sure, I'll talk to you. They and they had no barriers or sort of filters yeah. or worries about looking bad. Um, because like nobody else was even talking to them. Yeah, nobody even called it MMA back. I mean, right. if I, you probably had, maybe like me, I had that in my story once. Like MMA or mixed martial arts are also called MMA, but you yeah. know, this is just fighting in a cage, folks. Don't right? Because if you said MMA, yeah. nobody would right, know yeah. what you were don't talking about. Don't overthink it. This sport won't be around in a year. <laughs> no, right? Yeah, people people yeah. had no expectations for it. Whatsoever. UFC had just started, but yeah, it was yeah uh, yeah Bill's Bill's story was better. I have to admit. Is there one interview subject that has stuck out over these years, uh, just in terms of? being fascinating or maybe being antagonizing or anything that just like one singular interview that you remember one singular interview um a lot of times it was especially with these longer stories it was a series of interviews you know you would hang out a lot of and a lot of this was as charlie knows too it's you're not just sitting down and talking with somebody right. over coffee you go and like sit watch what they do whether it's the the mixed martial arts guys whether it's, um, you know, I was thinking of this one uh, story that I mentioned in the little interview in City Paper today, this guy named Earl Shriver, who's a was a falconer, um, is, as far <laughs> as I still know, a falconer. And he, he would give these presentations to, like, school kids and things like that, and that's what made him interesting. He didn't just, like, train the birds, but he, he, he wanted to go out and, like, like, tell people about the birds and, like, how nature works and all these things. And he was against what he called the Bambi complex, which was – people in general sort of like modern society believing that like nature is very peaceful mm. where it in fact the animals rip each other apart and yeah. eat each other you know and he was really intent on impressing that upon everybody including school children <laughs> <laughs> and uh so he was this fascinating guy just this total iconoclast and i followed him around to like school presentations and things where he would have these like like this golden eagle that he brought around you know he would feed it like these dead chicks and that it would rip up on stage, and the kids would go nuts. They would go absolutely <laughs> crazy. And then there'd be that one kid who'd be like, "Yeah, rip it <laughs> up, rip it up." And you're like, "That kid's gonna have problems." Yeah, keep an eye on him. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know. So that was uh, he was a great person to follow around. I thought. I mean, Charlie mentioned Bill Dorsey also, yeah, who was yeah. fascinating. He was a street street singer, which right. is why people knew him. He uh, still does, I think, up in Oakland. He used to be downtown, but he's not anymore. But I've seen him as recently as a couple months ago. And just, like, the interactions he would have with people on the sidewalk. Mm. You know, some people would just throw him money. Some people would ignore him totally. Some people would um, stop and talk to him. He knew some people, you know, who had given him money for long periods of yeah, time. Yeah. Some people would try to rip him off, which, which kind of, like, blew me away and, like, messed me up for a while. Yeah. It's like, this guy's blind. Yeah. He's a street singer. He clearly has no money. He wasn't homeless, which most people assumed he was. Right. Um, but people would try to like, you know, guys would come up and try to like, like, like shift some money off them somehow, like scam money Jesus. off them. Yeah, it was, it was, it was just totally, yeah. um, you know, disturbing. Bill, where do you rank that? Because almost anybody, if you talk about City Paper Story, they talk about that piece. Where do you personally rank that piece as far as, I mean, not like uh, of the 700 I've written, <laughs> but do, is that one, is that one that you see as some of your best work or, or one that you think of? Because I, I thought you would mention that one when I, when I asked you for this week's column about uh, your favorites, but where does that one kind of sit for you? It, it, it's up there. I, I think, I think the thing with, with, with Bill Dorsey was he was such a complex character and his story had these so many layers of kind of like loss and tragedy, you know, from 
he wasn't blind when he was born. He went blind shortly after birth. Nobody can re- – I mean, there's theories about why. You know, he was probably abused as a child, um, never had a dad, and then, you know, suffered all these other indignities. But, but he also this great joy of living that he had in life and singing, you know, and all these other people that he, that he knew and had, you know, be kind of come his community. And it's just it, – it's hard to capture that, I think, at, you know, anything. It would be hard to capture that in a book probably. Yeah. Um, and I got, it, you know, the, the the paper was very generous in giving space to do that. So I, I guess I just felt that that story was not – I'm proud of it, but I felt that it still didn't live up to its subject. Yeah. Whereas these uh, some of these other ones I've named, you know, um, about like, um, you know, uh, Earl Shriver, I think. I, I ca- was able to capture maybe more of him in that story or even the, the mixed martial arts um, or a few other ones that I would name that I felt like I was able to put my arms around it a little better. Anything to add? <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say what most most of my subjects say when I when I ask them that question, which is, "Kids, stay in school, don't do drugs." Very nice, brilliant. Thanks, Bill. Thanks, Charlie. Thank you. Welcome. <laughs>